Colin, before we get into business, let's start with you. What's your franchise story? How do you how do you fall into the franchise business and the arm that you're in? Yeah, so um, I work here at Unsecured Funding Source, um, UFS is what we'll call it called for short, and we uh, we fund uh, franchisees, new franchisees coming on board uh, with uh, with franchisors, and about uh, we've been doing it for about 17 years, um, and we have a little bit of an alternative uh, to SBA. Uh, that uh, a lot of franchisees have chosen to take advantage of. So on a day-to-day, like, uh, what's the volume of franchisees look like that you're you're working with and how, how labor-intensive is the process? Yeah, so there's a few, um, there's a few different, uh, it, it, it depends upon how labor-intensive uh, the process is depending on the product. We have a couple different products. We actually just launched the Jumpstart Loan uh, in uh, quarter four of last year, um, which was actually designed for franchisees. And that one um, is a little bit more labor intensive uh, than than the uh, average uh, UFS loan. Uh, but we're looking at funding in two to three weeks um, with uh, minimal or no business plans compared to uh, compared to the SBA loans. Um, what we found was actually that in there, there's this uh, whole a gap in funding kind of between 50,000 and uh, 250,000, 300,000, where SBA loans are, uh, SBA lenders are willing to usually go down to about 250, 200,000 um, and not really below that anymore. Uh, whereas uh, most people can come up with the cash for a franchise, you know, in the 50 to 100,000 range. But once they start to get up in above 100,000, dollars and below that 250 there's what we call the funding gap and that funding gap is really you know they're going to have to access either robs or they're going to have to um you know access some loans somewhere somehow and that's really the gap that we address with the franchisees um so we've funded in the past 17 years we funded 500 million in uh, businesses um and so we uh we we do a lot um we work with a lot of franchisees uh, day in and day out. Um, that's that's what we do, um, and and we make up for it in volume compared to where a lot of SBA lenders are going to make up for it in uh, in the size of the loans. We make up for it in the number of clients that we service. So, and, and I love this topic because I think to a buyer, this is going to be an important part of their buying process. But in general. And, and I, right on the site, it says borrow up to $450,000 that rates as low as 8.5%. Let's just take, let's take the 450 as an example. How much cash as a, as a franchisee do I need to have to be able to qualify for something like that? Yeah. So what we do is we actually, we focus a lot more on the franchisee's creditworthiness uh, than we do on the cash that they have. Um, and, and so with the SBA, you're required to have, you know, a certain percent to close, um, you know, somewhere in that 10 to 20% range, uh, sometimes more, you're supposed to have post-closing liquidity, all that. We don't actually look at that. What we're looking at is, um, we work with the franchisees that are getting the potential franchisees that are getting ready to make that career transition, right? They're currently employed. They hate their, you know, nine to five, they have current income somehow. And what they're looking for is to make that transition. And so we look at current income 
and we look at their credit score, their actual, you know, credit worthiness, um, their credit report. There's a lot of aspects of that credit report that we look at um, a lot of different data points to determine how much they are actually able to qualify for. Um, but the rule of thumb is usually somewhere between two and three times their current income is what they're able to qualify for. Okay, that's, that, that's, a, that's a good barometer. So out of curiosity, I, I come to the table, say I, I wanna secure this loan. Do you vet the franchise or the viability of their franchise business as a part of your process? It's a great question. So it depends on what product we we're talking about. So we have our jumpstart loan, which is this, um, this really, it's the only loan of its kind. It's designed in the 50 to 250,000 range. Uh, we worked with a number of franchise brands to actually bring it to market um, after consulting with franchisees, franchisors, what they're looking for um, to bring that to market. So that jumpstart loan is actually, we do look at the FDD. Um, we look at um, a number of different components in that FTD, but for us, one of the biggest ones is that item 19. Are they fully disclosing, um, you know, their financials? And it depends on how far down they're, you know, they're drilling down on that item 19, that financial. Uh, but we also look at the number of units that are being opened, the number of units that are being sold. Um, you know, uh, there's some viability issues, as we know, sometimes where you sell a whole bunch of franchises and they haven't ever been opened and then trying to get those Friend, you know, the franchisor can sometimes get strapped uh, in, in capacity on being able to scale that quickly, right? So we do look at those components. And then we also, uh, one of the things that our bank, we're sponsored by a bank, both ourselves and our bank look at is the number of litigations. Uh, what, <laughs> are people getting sued in the company? And if so, why? Um, and so those are all components that we look at uh, for our own in-house Jumpstart loan. Um, if we're going on our advisory side, which we do a brokerage model as well, we work with 250 lenders nationwide. Uh, we do, uh, we don't normally look at that, uh, FDD. We don't normally look at the franchisor. Um, so it depends on if we're taking that risk ourselves and if we feel like it's a great franchisor to work with, or if, um, if we're going to, you know, uh, be able to get them funding, uh, somewhere else where we're not taking that risk. I mean, what what valuable information back to a franchisee uh how how often will you deny the loan after reviewing an ftd um we've done it uh numerous times actually we saved it this is one of our favorite stories uh about um in about march or april we had a franchisee come to us he was looking for the full two hundred and fifty thousand through the jumpstart program and there was no item 19 and sometimes uh, there's a viable reason why there's no item 19 right uh it depends on on the model of the franchise um some franchises only take you know basically a subscription model right where it's you know and they don't ever collect data from the franchisees on on income and so they don't have an item 19. well that makes sense right so what we did was uh there's no item 19 so we went back to the franchisee we said, hey, can you please provide us with an item 19 from the franchisor? The franchisor sent over an Excel spreadsheet uh, that was, you know, not uh, not a real great Excel spreadsheet. And so we sat down, we looked down, we go, this is this is not viable. Uh, a week later, uh, they made the news as uh, the founder of that franchise getting arrested for wire fraud. Oh, nice. So, uh, so we saved the uh, the franchisees two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, uh, <laughs> and and uh, and so you know that's that's one of our favorite stories. But um, 
of course, you know, we do, we, we go through it. Um, and, and a lot of times that, you know, it just has to do with what we're looking for. It's nothing bad about the franchisor. Um, it just has to do with, you know, our underwriting process, right? That's an extreme circumstance, but it happens uh, fairly frequently, you know, and we're looking for a current FDD. We've had a lot of people try to send us old FDDs. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I mean, look, there's, I think part of the challenge, and this is all, all aspects of financing with, with franchisees. I'll start at the, at a basic. I, I, I know plenty of brands uh, that I would say I disagree with this, but they, they'll qualify you if you have a dime. And right. that means the franchisee, it, the, the true equity or, or capital that they're bringing to the table is their grit and hustle. And that better be extreme in order for them to win as a, as a franchisee. And then you have more sophisticated franchisors uh, and franchisees. I mean, our, our recommendation back to a franchise buyer is look at a brand where you can comfortably afford three units because you're not, it's going to be very rare that you build wealth on one. And so when you're looking at an investment, let's say, let's say you can, you know, piece together a half a million dollars. Then my recommendation is you're actually looking for an investment range of about 150 so that you can, you don't have to open the all three on day one, but you don't want to feel overwhelmed uh, when you're bleeding cash until you get to the point of profitability on a unit. And so some of these things that we would advise align with probably the way that you look at it too, because you're also in the business of recouping your, your loan. Like exactly. you, if you don't recoup it, <laughs> then there's issues. So um, on that last statement that I just made on like the way that we would advise a candidate qualify, look for a brand that you can own three of these in with the amount of cash and, and through loans too, that you can come to the table with. Would that align with something that you would recommend to a franchisee or is that counter to how you guys would recommend well, I mean, I think it depends on, and this is this is a conversation many people aren't willing to have, and I love that you're willing to have it because this is a <clears throat> depends on the franchisee's goals, right? And so, you know, everybody comes to the franchise world uh, with their own goals, right? And some of them, for some of them, it's to build net worth. For some of them, it's you know, uh, I hate my nine to five. Uh, for some of them, it's, um, you know, that, that lifestyle, right? So, so what are, what are we looking for? Um, and, and, and that ultimately comes down to, you know, uh, it comes down to the answer. I think for some people that are maybe younger, um, I know some franchisors that are, that are looking for, you know, people that are in their thirties, uh, late twenties, right? Um, if it's for somebody that's younger and they're willing to, hustle it out for the next, um, you know, a few years and, and continue to build up that profit as long as, as long as there are those profit margins available in one unit, then yeah. I mean, if you're willing to put in the work, work 50, 60 hours a week, uh, for the next couple of years and build up that net worth to be able to buy two to three, I agree. If you're somebody that's, you know, the average franchisor who is in their forties, right? Late thirties, forties, um, yeah. And, and you're looking at a more accelerated, uh, you're looking at a more accelerated, you know, uh, net worth program, uh, actually getting to the point where you can take time off of your business. I would agree with you. You're going to want to see those two to three units uh, of open, right? Your, your goal should not be, uh, in my opinion, just to buy a job, right? Um, if, if you're looking to buy a job, uh, it's fine if it's, you know, that's your goal for the next two years. 
Um, but that shouldn't be your long-term goal. And I don't think any franchisor should be looking for franchisees that are looking to buy a job. That's my opinion. I mean, yeah, I, obviously in, in, uh, if we, if we were, if we were going back 10 years ago, the home service brands don't exist like they do today. And those, those end up being more job replacement than others. It's like, you're, it's, they call it Chuck, Chuck in a truck business. Right. Um, and the scale mind is a little bit different or the percent of minds that want to scale are a little bit different because the amount of cash that you have to have saved up to qualify for one of those brands is far less than say a brick and mortar business. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like if it, it, we, we profiled franchisees going back to the start of last year uh, and every single one of them, if you ask them, why are you doing this? It's for your family. And for your family can mean one of two things. It's either I'm doing this to spend more time with them. So I don't care about making a ton of money. I just want to replace enough of my income so that I can, you know, enjoy life around my family. Or it's I want to I want to build wealth legacy and something that I can uh, hand off as a multi-generational business. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I agree on that statement. It's, it's more of what's your objective when it comes to like even even on that front. I mean, especially in a world where the franchise brokers are cannibalizing many of the candidates and they're leading them, leading the witness to uh, the brands that will pay them the highest commissions, not necessarily the right fit. Do you get to intersect in those conversations before they get to that final decision to say, you know, based on that investment, maybe that's not the right fit for you? Or is your job not so much as a consultant as it's the solution? Yeah, so we um, we don't normally advise people on what um, what best uh, franchise to pick, right? Um, and the, and and part of that has to do with um, there's a lot of great consult as as we know. There's a lot of great franchise brokers and consultants out there, and there's a lot of of ones that that are just going to try to sell people what what they want, right? right. Um, you know what's going to pay me the most. Um, right. And so uh, a lot of the, cause we work, we work, you know, heavily in with, with a lot of brokers um, and, and consultants. And, and we have found that a lot of the consultants that we work with, they, they do genuinely care about, um, they do genuinely care about what the best fit is going to be for the franchise um, E right. And so we're really just trying to get to the point where we're, we're giving them best solutions for what they have. I mean, most people have never heard about um, personal loans or, you know, and some of our loans are commercial loans as well. Most people didn't even know that was, don't even know that's an option uh, for their, um, for their franchise venture. Right. In fact, what we found is a lot of people, um, you know, they have that cash, right. They're sitting on 150, 200,000, 300,000 investments, cash, whatever it may be, um, you know, high net worth individuals, and they still understand the concept of using other people's money to invest in their future, right? Um, and if you actually boil it down to just dollars and cents, um, it still makes more sense, it still makes more sense, uh, pun intended, at a 13 and 14% interest rate to keep your money invested and to borrow that money uh, to get your franchise started than it does to just take your cash. Right. Uh, and that's what most people don't, don't realize, right? Is, is you know, they sit down and they, they, they just don't quite understand, you know, uh, those factors. But to me, um, those, you know, those are the conversations that, that we should, that, you know, we as an industry should be having uh, is, is, hey, you know, what, what matters the most here uh, 
to a lot of these people. But yeah, like I said, for the most part, uh, there we do see a fair amount of our clients coming in, you know, they and and they're kind of in that process where they've narrowed it down to maybe two or three different um two or three different franchise brands that they're looking at and now they just really want to know how much can I afford? What are my financing options, right? Well, I mean, the, I think the big statement that you just said is is probably the most critical one, which is we as an industry should educate the buyers or the prospective candidates um, how this actually works and how, how to leverage other people's money to help give you the opportunity to build wealth for yourself. Um, and in general, I don't know that us as an industry have done a good enough job of even educating what franchising is. I just talked with a franchisee uh, before I jumped on with you. Uh, he, he came in through the broker network and I said, all right, truthfully, how much did you understand how the broker network worked? He's like, I, I had some sort of sense that it's kind of like a real estate agent that they're going to get a percentage of the franchise fee. Um, I go, but did you know in some cases they're getting a hundred percent of the franchise fee? He goes, nope. And so you take some of this and, and I think there's tons of great suppliers for franchising. There are also tons of poor suppliers for franchising. And so to the franchisee, they, they're, they're novice. They don't understand franchising. They come in here almost blind. And so they got to rely on people like you and I to say, here, here's the pathway here. Here's an unbiased pathway of how you set yourself up for the greatest shot of success. But it's, we, we have to go through an educational process to get them there. We do. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's part of, of the beauty of it is that if we can, you know, get to the point where we're educating people um, and that, it actually allows people to make the best decisions for themselves. I mean, you know, we have, I have this conversation with people day in and day out, you know, it depends on what your immediate long-term, you know, immediate and long-term goals are when it comes to funding. Right. Um, and what I, you know, yeah. And so it, it, it is a great uh, conversation that, that should be had. And there's a lot of great suppliers out there that have those. And there's, it's like you said, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of people that let's, uh, let's, you know, focus on, on the immediate return. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. But the, if we continue to tell the the best stories forward, people are going to figure out their pathway. And and frankly, like, I mean, for, for you guys, and, and what I want to close with is what do you want the ghost candidate, someone that watches this to know about the business? But um, I mean, you guys have a brand, you clearly have done a lot. Um, there are other businesses that are more top of mind, which is part of you guys building up your brand awareness to say, hey, we're, we're a solution here. Um, there's nobody that's saying, here's, our, here's a, a database of all the solutions for financing. Uh, maybe there should be. Um, but what do you want a candidate, someone who's out there watching this to know about you guys and what is the right time for them to reach out? Yeah. So I tell people, you know, uh, it's going back to our real estate model, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's always good to know how much, how much a uh, house you can afford. And it's always good to know how much business you can afford. Right. Um, regardless of whether you're choosing to utilize a broker or you're choosing to go out and do a lot of this research yourself. Um, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is, you know, know what you can afford, know what your financial goals are, and um, don't be afraid to 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 reach out to um, non you know not don't be afraid to to begin to research multiple ways to get funding uh, funding done. You know, there's a lot of great ways. 
Um, there's HELOCs, there's ROBS programs, um, there's SBA loans. And, and, and so, you know, the best thing you can do as a franchisee is to educate yourself um, and, and not be afraid to, to make those calls, figure out how much you can afford, because what, you know, going back to your earlier point, you know, if, if your goal is, if your goal is to build wealth, uh, you are going to want to buy two and three. And how do you set yourself up not just to buy the first one, but what are your steps for the second and the third, even if they're two and three years down the road, right? Um, because knowing what your game plan is before you make that career transition is going to set you up for success. And the other thing is, is number one cause of business failure, as we all know, is undercapitalization, right? And so uh, make sure that you understand that you have enough finances lined up so that if you have a rough month six through nine, uh, you know, there's a downturn in the economy in year two. Um, what are what are your options to be able to get, you know, funding now for that to plan ahead um, and, and plan your funding ahead? Because, you know, once you reach out, once you start that process, the first two years, are the most difficult times to get funding. Yeah, right. True. Once you've already started. And so that's what I try to tell people is, hey, you know, um, uh, start planning, make your plan ahead of time. And it makes you look a lot better, in my opinion, to a franchisor, too. Right. If somebody goes, hey, I've already got this figured out. I'm not worried about money for the first two years. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you're still worried. All of us are going to be worried. Right. Um, and it, it, as we start businesses. But that's really where we want to. Uh, B is is in a strong position, uh, and that that's what I tell franchisees. Right, is is set yourself up to be in that strong position. I love it, Colin. I love this conversation. I think it's it's deeply important. Uh, and again, I think a a buyer might come in thinking they need all the cash in the world to buy a franchise, and there's there's resources for support uh, like yours. So thank you for the conversation. I really I really enjoyed it. Um, anything anything in closing before we sign off? Don't be afraid to give us a call. We're more than happy to uh, work with you. Uh, we don't charge any upfront fees, so we only charge if you get if you get funded. So um, it's it's a great solution for a lot of people to to at least be able to explore their options. So give us a call. We're more than happy to work with you. Love it. Uh, for Colin, I'm Nick. Uh, this is another episode of Meet the Supplier. 